You're listening to teaching from Castle Hills Christian Church in San Antonio, Texas. More information about Castle Hills Christian Church is available at chccsa.com. There are as many ideas about who Jesus was as there are people on earth. Fortunately for us, the Gospel of John tells us in his own words who Jesus said he was. Jesus said he was the bread of life, the light of the world, door, the good shepherd, the resurrection and the life, the way, the truth and the life, and the true vine. Jesus says, I am. Well, we've been updating our house this past year, and one of the things that my wife has desired for some time is to replace the interior doors of our house. And I didn't realize there was anything wrong with our doors, but my wife says, no, they're dated. Uh, It would be great if we could, at some point in time, uh, update these. And so we've been saving for a long time, and we uh, finally started researching doors. I looked online, and we went to different places and to try to figure out exactly what type of door that my wife thought that she would love. We finally picked a door, a five-panel shaker door, and we hired an installer. And and the installer, after weeks and weeks of trying to get the doors, we finally got them. The the installer comes, and he's working and working. And then a little past, I I don't know, 1 or 2 o'clock, he comes to me, and he says, we have a problem. I said, well, what's the problem? He said, well, I installed three of your four doors upside down. And he said, there's a bigger space that's supposed to be at the bottom and a smaller space that's supposed to be at the top, but I reversed those somehow. I must have gotten distracted. And he said, I don't think that you want me to try to repair these. We need to order new doors. So we ended up waiting three or four more weeks to get these doors. He comes back, and you would never guess. But somehow he got distracted again, and he installed another door upside down, and so we had to wait again. I didn't think we were ever going to get these doors installed. Well, eventually it finally happened, and my wife loves the doors, and they're, they're nice doors. But it got me thinking about doors, and doors can be fascinating. When you open a door, where is it going to lead to? It, 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 we wonder what's on the other side. A small child sees an open door and they can run through that door in a flash and be in the street. Open doors or open gates can lead to a world of excitement, of possibility and danger. We often uh, add latches uh, to our doors to make it harder for our kids to get through because we don't want them to encounter danger. We don't want them to, to face a dangerous situation. Some doors are open and we wonder whether we should go through them. Uh, Other doors are locked and we wonder why. Is it hiding something good from us or is it protecting us? Often when we talk about open doors, we talk about open doors of opportunity, a new life, a new job, a new relationship, a new world. On the other hand, there are doors that we don't want to go through, like hospital doors or dentist doors or funeral home doors. Jesus describes himself as a door in John chapter 10. And we've been in a series called I Am Jesus in His Own Words. 
And if you think about it, Jesus has probably been talked about more than anyone else. But we're exploring how does he describe himself. And he describes himself in our passage today as, I am the door. To understand the context of what's going on, if you go to the previous chapter, we'll see that Jesus heals a blind man. And he heals him on the Sabbath. And the religious leaders did not like this. They question this, this blind man and wants to know who did this. And they come to the conclusion that Jesus surely can't be God because he wouldn't heal anyone on the Sabbath. And this this uh, healed man was brought before the Sanhedrin and renounced as a sinner. And he was thrown out of the synagogue and made an example before the crowds. And the, the behavior of the Pharisees showed that, in fact, they were kind of claiming to be gatekeepers of God. Who could be close to God and, and who couldn't? If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to John, John chapter 10. Uh, we're going to start at verse 7, but I think it's important to go ahead and look at the verses previous to this. It says, So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who, come, who came before me are thieves and robbers, um, and, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The, thieves come, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. And Jesus actually uses two images in this passage in John chapter 10. He says, I am the shepherd, if you look at the previous paragraph. And he says, I am the gate. We're going to talk about how Jesus says, I am the shepherd next week. But shepherding was one of the three major occupations of Palestine, including fishing and farming. So what does Jesus mean when he, uh, what is he revealing about himself when he says, I am the gate? Well, after a long day of grazing sheep, uh, the sheep were often led to caves or to pens. And, and these pens were often made of rock. And they would be a little over waist high. And then often they would put thorny bushes on the top of this, kind of like bob wire. That, that's how I would kind of describe that. And that was to keep out the thieves, the bandits, and uh, the, any an wild animal that would try to attack the sheep. Sometimes as they created these pens, or often when they created these pens, they had only one opening. And sometimes it had a door or sometimes it had a gate, but often uh, it just had an opening there and the, and the shepherd would actually be the gate. He would stand there or lay there in that opening. Often there would be several different uh, herds of sheep that were in the same pen and when the shepherd would come, they knew the, the voice of their, their shepherd and they would follow in and out of that gate. And the, the pen protected the sheep from the wild animals from thieves and bandits and from wandering off. Now, who are these thieves and, and bandits and robbers? Often we might say Satan, uh, and no doubt Satan is, an, is our enemy. But I think Jesus is calling out the religious leaders here. Remember how they treated the blind men? They were acting as gatekeepers. And this person could be close to God, and this person couldn't be close to God. And Jesus is saying, guys, actually, you're not the gatekeeper. Uh, I'm the gate. And since you're rejecting the gate, you've become thieves and robbers. You're trying to climb over the wall. The Pharisees and the religious leaders, of course, did not like that. And they eventually plot to arrest and kill Jesus. But let me get a little devotional with you for just a moment. Have you ever been like the religious leaders where you were keeping people from God? 
Are we being key gatekeepers where we're making it harder for people to come into a relationship with God with our opinions and our strong views? Are we overzealous? I think often the Pharisees and the religious leaders, they were coming from a good place, they studied God's word, but in their zeal, they made it harder for people to come to know Christ. And I think we have to ask ourselves, are we doing the same? So what does Jesus mean when he says, I am the gate? Well, gates and doors do at least two things. One, it's an entrance to, and it's also a barrier to. An entrance to, one, eternal life. There's no other way through him to enter except through eternal life. And secondly, you enter into safety and security. You enter into safety and security from all those who would try to harm us. When you look at verse 9 and when he says, I am the gate and whoever enters through me will be saved. Uh, the word saved can either mean be saved from death or eternal life. Or it can mean, mean, or it can mean keep safe. Uh, keep safe from enemies. Well, gates also can be a barrier to, to all those who try to hurt the flock. It could be a barrier to all those who would seek to find another way to eternal life, whether that be through your own works or through other religions. Often we say that Jesus is the gate, and we say Jesus is our protector. And that sounds good on the surface. Jesus protects us, wonderful, we can all go home, we can go eat lunch. But what does it mean that Jesus is protecting us? What is he protecting us from? Is he protecting us from Satan? Is he protecting us from hopelessness, from legalness, legalism? I think often we think that Jesus is protecting us from pain and suffering. But when I was talking to my good friend about this passage and, uh, and I was explaining to him that, that sometimes I struggle with this passage because I wonder, why does God, it seems like he protects some and he doesn't protect others. Well, why does he heal some and he doesn't heal others? Well, why does he answer some prayers and he doesn't answer others? My friend, as we were talking, had lost his 20-month-old baby. She had choked on two Nerf balls. And he said, when you say that God is our protector, he was like, I don't understand why God didn't protect my 20-month-old baby. I cried out to him and I asked him to save her life. I asked her to let her breathe again, and, and he didn't do that. And he's like, so when you say that God is my protector, I, I, I really struggle with this. You know, I listen to my friend, and I grieve with him, and I, and I too struggle with his questions. There's things that I simply don't understand. If God is all-powerful and all-loving, then why, did he let, why does he let us experience pain and suffering? Well, why did the kids and teachers in Uvalde die? Why were some saved and others weren't? Well, we read scripture where God is our refuge and our shield. Well, we see that he rescues and protects people. We, we think about people that he rescued and protected like David and Noah and Daniel, Meshach, Shadrach and Abednego, and even provided protection for Job. Yet we also see verses such as John 16.33 I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. And in this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I will overcome the world. He promises us that we will face trouble. I think about James 1, 1. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many types or many kinds. Or 1 Peter 5, 8. Be alert and sober-minded. Your enemy and the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. The Bible doesn't 
hide that people will suffer. And if God is our protector, then why is there suffering? How do you explain a God who allows suffering in this world? Uh, often preachers present a problem and then we give you a solution. And that's how we were taught in our courses. But instead of giving you a bunch of different reasons, I, I want you to wrestle with this. I want you to study God's word. I want you to talk to others. Often we give flippant answers to these questions of pain and suffering. If God is our protector, then why is there pain and suffering? Why do we experience the things that we do? We give these flippant answers until it becomes personal, and until our heart is broken, until we're faced with deep pain, until we have a loved one that experiences deep pain and suffering. And sometimes the little flippant answers just don't matter. They're just not enough. When I started studying this passage, I thought, hey, this is easy. God is our protector. Jesus is our protector. And, but as I dug deeper, I, I realized that the gate may not be, mean that Jesus protects us in the way that we think that he's going to protect us. It doesn't mean that he's necessarily going to protect us from all pain and suffering. But instead, he's in the midst of our pain and our suffering. When the sheep is in the pen, it doesn't mean that the sheep won't be attacked. When they come in and out, the shepherd inspects them for abrasions and, and sees if there's any wounds. And then he anoints them with oil for their wounds. And so as we look at this question of why is there pain and suffering? Why doesn't God protect in all situations? I want you to chew on this this week. I want you to, to talk about it. And I want you to study God's word. I'm reminded of Psalm chapter 23. It says, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Did you catch it? We will go through hard times. We will walk through dark valleys. We will have enemies. But catch that key word, with. He is with us in the midst of suffering and pain and when we face enemies. I mentioned earlier that I had some new doors installed in my house. And, and these doors are part of my home. And if these doors, these doors provide an entrance for my family to walk through, for my family and my friends to walk through, but they also provide a barrier to keep uh, us from walking in on each other, to keep people who we don't want inside our home you know, to come inside. But these doors are part of our life. And if these doors could talk, they, could, they would tell you about the good times that our family has had. They would tell you about the laughter. They'd tell you about us joking around. But they would also tell you about the pain and the suffering that we've went through the tears, the disruption. See, these doors are with us. They're a part of our life. And in the same way, when Jesus says, I am the door, he says, I am with you. Are you letting Jesus walk with you in life? 
Are you letting him walk with you through the pain and suffering? So often we isolate ourselves and we don't want anyone to know that we're going through hard times. We don't even want to deal with God at times because we don't understand what's going on. But I want you to think of how God is walking with you through suffering. I want you to identify enemies that are trying to steal your joy. I want you to reflect on a way that Jesus has been the gate and protected you from harmful thinking or behavior.